Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 239 of the Double Density Podcast with your host, Brian and Angelo. Double Density is your home to tick tales and paranormal progress. Now, first things first, Angelo, you texted me something very interesting in the last couple of days. You, for some unknown, crazy reason, have decided to watch several of the Fast and the Furious movies. Why is this? I gave up on my other hobbies of playing guitar and video games and just dedicated myself to watching some Vin Diesel, some watch, watching some Dwayne Johnson, some Paul Walker, and going back in the uh, Fast and Furious catalog. What I did was actually watch the three I hadn't watched yet. So that's seven, eight, and nine. So you I saw Fast X. Well, so wait. No, I haven't seen X yet. Is it X or is it 10? X. Is it like the iPhone X? No, it's, it's 10? Fast 10. I mean, people call it Fast so 10 or fast, fast X. What about Twitter? Let's not talk about Twitter right now. I haven't seen that one yet, but I, I decided to go back because they've all appeared on Crave. I don't know if you noticed that. That's been, I guess, the last few months. They just showed up. All of them. All of them there. I had never seen... So I had seen Fast and the Furious at the movie theater. Anyway, so what I did is I walked, I watched the last three, and then what I did was go back to Fast and the Furious, which, as I just said, I, I saw in the theater and never again. And uh, I didn't remember that movie. Everybody's so young. Yeah, I know. It's like, I think Michelle Rodriguez is 23 years old in that movie, and Jordana Brewster's 21. Paul Walker's like in his mid to late 20s, and I think the oldest man of the group is Vin Diesel's 34. Right. So... That's a young Vin Diesel. So watch that. Too Fast, Too Furious. I skipped Tokyo Drift because then I went straight to Fast and Furious. And I just, I watched Fast Five and I just finished Fast Six. I, no, I, yeah, I, finished, I just finished Fast Five. I'm going to watch. So you watch. can't even remember. You can't, like, I, after three, well, I do not remember. Well, they all into, yeah, they all meld into, so I was watching Fast Seven. Is it Fast Seven F seven? I don't remember the. Don't ask though, me. Just don't ask. I, I was I watching the seventh one, where The Rock and you're losing. We're losing Jason, so many listeners Jason, right now because of this. Yeah, and Jason Statham start fighting in a prison, and I swear I'd seen that before, but I never saw that movie. So I think I've seen. I think that same scene plays out in uh, Hobbs and Shaw. That I've seen. And I keep wanting. That I keep wanting to say instead of Hobbs and Shaw, I keep wanting to say Calvin and Hobbs, which I respect. But, like um, most yeah. most people would probably want to make the, the same. Uh, I, distinction. I keep thinking the guy's name is is Calvin Hobbs instead of Luke Luke Hobbs. It's very confusing. Right. So where have you landed but, on this? Like why? Like what is your one? If you had to give one topic sentence about your thesis after this, what is it? Entertainment. <laughs> Fair. Enough. That's what it all is about. Because watching them. Everything's like the first one was sort of grounded in reality, sort of. But you texted me, oh, they're of, in space now. Yeah, they went to space. Spoiler alert. But that was the uh, the inevitable conclusion. I think in ten they time traveled. They hit eighty eight miles an hour and go back in time. Right, just like the new Indiana Jones movie. Spoiler. No, hey, whoa! I don't want to know anything about it. I haven't seen it, so don't say anything. Uh, I will want to watch it though. Because I liked Indiana Jones 4. It was fantastic. The aliens, amazing. I really just want to end this episode super early. Um, speaking of fantastic Well, anyway, things, so all that to say... Um, oh, my God, you're still going A lot on, of that stuff is laughable. The hacking stuff is hilarious. Anything to do with hacking is great in that movie. Um, anyways, I was going to continue on with my uh, sort of synopsis of... Uh, there are a bunch of them. There are 11 of them. Who cares? After three, it's all a word salad. It's all a but, bunch of cars. Uh, no, what Brian is not telling you... Is that he owns all of them on DVD? 
on Blu-ray, firstly. Blu-ray. And secondly, like, I only watch one at a time. I don't do them together. Um, and I've only what, watched each of them once. What makes you buy them? What makes you buy them? The, the like, eight or nine disc one was, like, 20 bucks. Oh, okay. So you have uh, there? It was all together. Yeah. So it was uh, one through eight, and then Hobbs and Shaw I found used at like a pharmacy here on Iraq for like five bucks. Okay. So that's the you're in Iraq. Yes, exactly. I am in the Middle East recording right now. Double density. Uh, let us travel back in time, just <laughs> like the newest Fast and Furious movie. Angela, did you listen to the Kyle Gordon track "Planet of the Base" that I sent you? I did, and it really reminded me of the early '90s when I was in high school. And people would listen to this stuff. I agree. Earnestly. So this actually was a viral video that ended up on socials and blew up on Twitter a bunch. And uh, what had happened is that... Yes, I apologize. Sorry. X. And uh, they actually filmed at one uh, World Trade Center and got kicked out of the site during the <laughs> shooting. Um, okay. But I do appreciate the... Uh, you know, this is probably going to be the song of the summer for a lot of people, which is super interesting to hear. Well, everything you need for double density is in this video. There's an alien and there's a floppy disk. And I think there's people being beamed up. So it's basically they stole right. from All of our the template. show art. Yeah, yeah, I agree that there's a lot going on here. Maybe we should talk to, to Kyle Gordon, have him on, be like, hey, did you actually steal from us? Let us know, right? But I think that like the, the, the concept of having like aliens is very 90s, right? We've talked about this before, yeah. about that being like kind of like the, the naive decade of conspiracy theories and, and aliens and things like that. And then also, as you had just said, floppy disks. Very important. Made me think of those TV shows of basically just people dancing to this type of music. Oh, yeah. Were you ever... Uh, what was Much Music's one? Bo- uh, Much Music's, I don't remember, but our Quebec one was Bouge de la. And right. you could walk oh, Electric by Circus. Their... Electric Circus Electric, was the Much Music Yes, one. okay. And you could walk by in downtown Montreal and just stare at people dancing through the window. So you'd see the people having fun inside dancing and the people outside staring longingly that they couldn't be inside dancing. Yeah. And uh, yet you, here you are years later. Your kids will never know the joy of watching live TV being taped in that way. They really have no concept of TV. We've talked about this before, but whenever we're at somebody's house and there's a weird commercial of some kind, it just confounds them as to why people have to subject themselves to this. I mean, same thing happens when they, they're at their friend's house watching YouTube and all of a sudden that's interrupted by an ad. They don't know about these things. Right. So you've sanitized your children's uh, viewing experiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of that, I'm watching Jury Duty with my daughter. Yes, and there's and there's a few things that I kind of have to like skip over, and uh, I'm like s- self policing it. But there's really not too much because I'm assuming she goes to high school. She hears a lot of weird stuff. I was literally about to say she probably has some ideas about what's going yeah, on. Yeah did Did you watch Jury Duty? I watched the first couple episodes. I need to get back to it. It is very entertaining. I know, I know. It's just one of those things that might to be to be watched pile. James Marston does a good job of playing himself <laughs> over the top. From what I understood, though, there was one of the guys from Community in there that they had to sort of like shuffle out after the first episode because the guy was scared that he was going to be recognized. Really? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. That's what Steph, I mean, I, yeah, that's what my wife was telling me. Anyways, she read about that. Well, apart from James Marston, I did recognize um, the guy who plays Pat McCurdy. He's a stand-up comedian. I don't remember the names. Yeah, I his name is Kurt something. I can't remember his full name. But anyway, he's I, I recognized him, but mostly because I did watch a lot of stand-up comedy. So uh all right then. Uh let us move on about talking about things that don't exist still, right? And so what I'm talking about here, of course, is 
traffic helicopters, news helicopters, all of that, right? I was watching a Nick Crowley video, so I'm subscribed to like a bunch of these like lost media, dark sides of the internet, blah, blah, blah. And one of his uh, videos was about a crash between two news helicopters that happened about 15 years ago. And it got me thinking like the, the manned helicopter experience for the purpose of news has kind of been sunset for a while, right? Like think about, you know, I don't know about you, but in the morning being trapped in the car with your parents, they turn on the radio and then what happens? The traffic copter, right? There, that AM radio traffic copter. I don't know if you on the tens traffic on the tens, Brian. Well, there you go, right? So I was kinda, on the eights. I was kind of thinking about that, right? About the idea of like the obsolescence of having that. Now that we have like things like uh, cameras everywhere and drones and things like that, right? So it's just it's a lot more of a uh, blood-free situation, I think, and a lot and people a lot more effective cost-wise. And and people like just even going back to the traffic helicopter thing, people. They're still they still exist, but people mostly just use Waze or Google Maps or Apple Maps or maps of some kind. You think traffic helicopters still exist a lot? Yeah, I've heard them. I mean, not the actual helicopter. I've heard it on the radio discussing traffic. Are you sure that they're they not exist? just looking at governmental websites, Angelo, as they probably are now? Oh, maybe. Yeah, but I thought I thought they still existed. The no, I could tell you. I could tell you with confidence here uh, where we live in Quebec. That is not the case. They've been sunsetted for oh. years, and it's just people looking at um, governmental websites with live traffic cams. I did notice the other day. Speaking of helicopters, many helicopters flying around. Were they black? Some were black, and I don't know. I noticed them while I was on the train. I I don't know if there was something going on, but I did see a good five or six helicopters on the way home. Okay, so you're just saying there's a bunch of them going on. Yeah, I don't know what it was. It, I don't know. Could have been a training exercise. Who knows. Uh, it could be them. I was going to say it could be them, right? It could be like a large governmental body just doing that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I'm surprised you didn't just try to follow up and figure out what's going on over there. I, I, I did. I literally like Googled Montreal area helicopters and nothing came up. But you're also not in Montreal area technically, right? So No, but I was. I was coming back on the train. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I see. Okay, right. I see. Yeah. So I was thinking so, more so you were closer to your destination of, of your No, area. it was on the island and just coming off. Right. And yeah, so going back to this though, for me, like living here though, we didn't have this as much on the on the news, right? It was it was we would see it on the American news, the the news chop, the news uh, helicopters and stuff. And obviously, the most memorable is easily O.J. Simpson in the White Bronco. Yeah, absolutely. I remember right? being. Um, so I don't know if I've talked about this in the air before. You were like, like six when that happened. Yeah, exactly. It was six. Uh, I was at my grandmother's place, um, and my grandmother being out, we never grew up with cable, but when she was out, she allowed us to go over there and put a tape in and record whatever we wanted um, and have, like, um, special cable. So she had cable, but you did not. Correct. And so we were there that Friday night when it was happening, and and we all just stood there, my sister and my dad and I, just watching this thing go down. I remember in high school... A few of my friends not having cable and that being considered really weird. It is really weird. I don't want to talk about it. It's actually like super depressing. <laughs> uh, I, it's surprising how you've become – I guess maybe it's not surprising because you would live by the movies you would rent and that's how I became, you became a, a cinephile. Exactly. Uh, speaking of the movies I rent though and news, so I'm kind of curious. Like this is a follow-up from last week. Related to news sort of, now that you're off socials, how do you get your news? I don't. I really have not been paying attention to the news apart from my wife will tell me stuff she'll see on Facebook and then I'll be like, oh yeah, wow, when did that happen? And it'll have been like a week ago. And like I've mentioned, I have a news source and it's usually around this time. Right. 
on Sunday evening. Right. Do you feel like you're missing out on anything, though? No, I feel much better. I, I'm less concerned about stuff. Ignorance is bliss. Do you feel like that's a good move, though? I guess you think it is if ultimately you're doing uh, this. For now, yeah. I might I might revert back. to. I get, I get a lot of my news by listening to podcasts. I knew you well. were going to say that. I'm going to say, like, you know how people talk about echo chambers? You're definitely in an echo chamber yourself in that case. I'm, yeah. I mean, it's like all Apple news and video game news and, like, dudes talking about guitar tone. Yeah. So I'm thinking, like, you definitely have a lane that you're in. So there's, like, it's one reinforced worldview, right? I'm listening to a really good podcast from The Verge about Tesla right now. And okay. It's an ongoing uh, Land of the Giants, it's called. Is it all about how Tesla is allegedly a house of cards? Yes, okay, they, they pretty much. It's, okay. it, is, uh, it sounds like a horrifying company to work for. And I am shocked their cars don't just randomly explode. Right. I'm a fan of the True Non podcast, and they did a three-part series two or three years ago about Tesla. And just I started looking into all of the... the um, sources they were linking to, and it's just it's it is depressing to me a lot. <laughs> well, I you know the recent, most recent episode has made me realize why Elon Musk turned into what he's become, and that's because COVID ruined his business, and he decided I'm going to join the COVID deniers, and once I join them, I have to go along with the rest of their rhetoric. And hey, maybe it sounds pretty good, and it's working out for me. And he was always a bit of a douche. Speaking of Elon Musk, though, I don't know, you probably haven't heard this, but like, uh, he wants to get rid of the block button on X slash Twitter. So that's fun. So you that's can't block anybody. Exactly. And then he started blocking people uh, for fun as a joke. So I don't know. It's kind of weird to watch someone like this uh, with such a horrible culture personality act out online like a child. And people love him. So all the blue, all the blue check marks have become like far right QAnon people. Slowly but surely, yes. I mean, some people are on there paying to boost uh, their posts because they are a business or they are content creator. So I can kind of understand that aspect of it. But a lot of regular users are in the cult of Elon and love what he does and love what he stands for, which is actually nothing. I think at the end of the day. But hey, that's just that's just one man who doesn't have a blue check mark. Well, he started off really with wanting to be somebody that saves the world because he he was concerned with the environment. And now the tribe of people he sided himself with don't really think that climate change is a thing. So I'm, And I haven't really heard his thoughts on this. Like, is he going to switch from uh, electric cars to gas-guzzling cars because he realizes, no, no, I can't be with this electric hippie lefty thing? He doesn't seem to think that, like... Uh certain parts of climate change are as real as the uh, carbon emission issue, which is just a whole other thing that we'll get into. But doesn't he know that it's save the cheerleader, save the world, right? That's how this plays out. That showed so much potential. I know. The writer writer strike ruined it. Did you you watch the reboot or the the sort of like the mini series after that? No, I did not. Heroes Reborn, I want to say? No, I never never watched it. From 2015, it was uh, one season and was not. Great from what I understand. No, that first season of Heroes was incredible. Agreed. And now here we are, um, years and years later, still with the... I don't know if there is a superhero television show that kind of does the same thing as that. No, I watched I watched Titans recently. Yes. Uh, it was okay. One, one episode really stood out. I'm like, wow, this is a really good episode. <laughs> Guess who wrote it? Uh, Rich Adam. Of course. Of course. There you <laughs> isn't go. That, isn't that funny? It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know? We're like tangentially, uh, uh, I was going to say related, but uh, involved, connected, 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 yeah, 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 through Rob. 
He seems like a, a good dude. He, I mean, Rob, we already know, yes. but Rich seems like yeah. a good dude. Uh, I agree with, the, with that on both counts. So, yeah, anyway, the, the best episode of the season was one of his. There you go. Um, I have been playing Castlevania Symphony of the Night, and it's been really fun. Whoa, whoa. Okay, you're just dropping on this, uh, dropping me on the, dropping this on me. For like the ninth time in my life. It's a comfort game for me. I really enjoy it. So You love the voice acting. <laughs> yeah, that is the best part, as well as the, the weird spelling mistakes and grammar mistakes I keep seeing. When I played that game, I had, I had no expectations. I was at Toys R Us with a bunch of friends and look, just looking at the video games. I said, hey, there's a Castlevania game on PlayStation, and it's only 30 bucks. Yeah. So it had been out for a, a year or so. And we actually, we felt like, like we're like, I don't know, 20 years old at this point. No, not no, yeah, close to close to our twenties, whatever, and maybe late teens. And we went to buy, back to my house and we were playing it, and we felt like kids again. And all three of us were kept saying, "This is like Castlevania and Metroid put together." And uh, lo and behold, the uh, portmanteau of Metroidvania has existed uh, for I'd say the last like fifteen, well, twenty years, right? Well, it's that game really that sort of brought it to the forefront, if anything. Right, it is. We we were playing, and Super Metroid was sort of fresh on our minds, having been just a few years before, and being one of my favorite games. Yeah, this felt like it, and I really played the hell out of Symphony of the Night. I did the full reverse castle and everything. Yeah, I'm at the. I've been playing for a couple hours, and I'm at the reverse castle now, so it's super fun already. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I've I've played it so much that it's like ingrained in my brain a little bit. And I remember by accident discovering that there were like Street Fighter-like moves in the game. Yes. Yeah, a lot of like random moves that you could do in order to, yeah, to cast Yeah, it was spells. really weird. Uh, but it, lovely. It, it harkens back to uh, those days of video games where like you would speak to your friends about things you discovered. And it was still the infancy of the internet. Agreed. So GameFAQs.com was uh, a great place. Brian, speaking of uh, the internet of old, uh, my daughter and I were kind of like just shuffling through Netflix and uh, the net came up. Oh, nice! I watched that last year, and it was incredible. I, I think I want to watch it again. And my daughter laughing just at the synopsis, talking about uh, the internet and a floppy disk. Yeah, and she laughed. Yeah, uh, the entire movie is a thrill ride. It is incredible. I also watched a Tubi original last night, Angela. I watched the movie Deadly Dilf. Spoiler: the Dilf doesn't kill anyone, so it was a very misnamed movie, unfortunately. Okay, interesting. I haven't watched much Tubi lately. There's a lot of stuff on there, though. There is. There definitely is. I, and, like, you know, we've done a, this. This episode so far has been, like, retro stuff in tech and going back to old series. And this week, I also watched Commando, Brian. Oh, yeah. I was We were texting about that. Great movie. Still stands up. Super funny still, which is kind of like a, a rarity, I think, in 80s action movies. Well, looking, I was kind of reading about reading about it, and people are convinced it was written as a comedy because it is so over the top. Yeah. And Arnold Schwarzenegger's English still hadn't improved that much at this point. There's a book I read. I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast, but I read a book a couple of months ago called The Last Action Heroes by Nick DeSemlin, and it is definitely uh, something you should pick up and read, Angela. I think you'd love it. Okay. And it's all yeah, about anyway, it. the movie is great. Yeah. It's all about the 80s and 90s action movies like Die Hard, um, The Terminator, but then also talking about things like Commando. So definitely. So young, too. I know. If you pick it up, go but ahead. That, that perfect haircut, flat top. 12-year-old Alyssa, 12-year-old Alyssa Milano also. I feel like he had that haircut also in Raw Deal, I want to say. Yeah. Around that That era. movie I didn't get as a kid. No. I, also, watching this movie, realizing I watched this when I was nine or so. And realizing I should not have watched this when I was nine. 
You live, you learn, Angelo. It's time to show it to your kids. Yeah. Just let off some steam. <laughs> Let's head on over to the paranormal side of things, my friend. Let off some steam, Bennett. Double density. Welcome back to Double Density. As always, we're switching gears from tech to the paranormal. So the first thing on the docket this week is a an Instagram reel I showed Angelo that uh, my wife showed me, and she's like, I'm mystified by this. And so if you want to head over to the show notes, click on the uh, Instagram video, quickly watch it. It's not very long, and then come back. And uh, if you don't care about clicking on the Instagram link, it's all about how a man's talking about teleportation. So he basically teleports. Uh, he envisions himself in Montego Bay. He teleports. He sees a young woman. He has a towel of some sort, and then he is uh, back at home wet. Brian, so I have a couple of questions. One, do you think he's lying? Yes. Or the alternative, is he so deluded that he 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 wanted this to happen so bad that he got his bathing suit wet, put sand in his sneakers and maybe like stood in front of the oven and got a tan or something here's a third theory Angela, the one that you might understand was he lucid dreaming also possible but how does it how do you explain the tan brian how do you explain that how do you explain the wet bathing suit did he pee himself in the lucid dream he kind of looks like an aged bradley cooper too i find a little bit yeah, yeah. so i want to read one of the comments which made me laugh and angelo strap in because this is a long one here i'm gonna get comfortable over on this side okay Oh, he's holding onto his microphone like like he's a metal singer. Well, no, I had to move it. Oh, okay. All right. Purple Gibbon says, do not teleport. No jokes on this. Look, if you understand how your physical body and consciousness work, you know, enter a teleporting machine is commit suicide. Think about it. Your consciousness depends on your nervous system and how it is connected to all your body parts and other systems. All the inputs and outputs create your own reality, and the reality is only allocated into your body molecules and atoms, not anywhere else. A working teleport machine, which is something we cannot build yet, would have the power to scan all of the atoms from an input and print it as an output, removing the scan atoms to not make any paradox. So, like Star Trek does, right? Because Star Trek... Well, he's stealing that from, uh, from CGP Grey. He did a whole video about how... Whenever you sleep, you 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 die, and then you wake up a different version of yourself, and it's even worse with teleportation. I'm only like a third of the way through here. I don't know if I'm. Oh my to, god, yeah, this is an essay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude. Uh, yes, you wake up with the saved memory of entering the teleport machine, but you're no longer yourself. If your physical body is erased, even when it is already printed, you just disappeared on the. Uh, sorry, because uh, this is very confusing to read. Even when it is already printed again in another point in space, you just disappear of the existence. And yes, as I told, uh, okay. you travel in space. There's a copy of you with your memories, and all the usage feedback would be good, as people don't lose memory or feel any weakness. But the consciousness disappear with the first scan of removed body. The only way to survive this is if our consciousness are allocated and quote-unquote transferred to our bodies remotely. But sadly, as said, our consciousness is only attached only to our physical body. Imagine enter a teleport and embrace the eternal dark and nobody's stopping it because all the copies have their memories of entering the machine and no harm made. I'm almost there, Angela. Teleport is a dream for those who don't understand what life and consciousness is. For everyone else, is a fear. Also, some of us don't just need to travel fast. We enjoy the journey and its lessons. Hope this helped to understand why not to use teleporting. Keep your physical body, exclamation point. Keep your first consciousness, exclamation point. Okay, well, I'm definitely not going to use any teleporting because it's not possible right now. So that we're safe there. Instagram user purple underscore gibbon with the facts here. And I checked his 
Uh, I was going to say the Instagram account. Just... And he's got, it's just a bunch of like random uh, car videos. And it seems like he plays um, like a sim drift game. Sometimes you wonder about the lives other people lead. I'm sure people wonder about us. I feel like we're so I'm I must say I'm borderline boring. If not like You're, not even I borderline. think you might be like outright boring. boring. Yeah. Yeah, I was just like boring. You know what? If users want to rate us on a scale of like or if listeners want to rate us on a scale of one to ten in terms of boring, double underscore density on Twitter, double density podcast, <laughs> gmail.com. Is one better? Is one like one's not the boring? One's the most boring, ten is the most exciting, right? I'm a one. If you want to go to double density dot net and then click on the contact form, fill out one to ten, let us know how you feel about how boring we are. I think it might be a two or three because you have some hobbies, including guitar. So okay, so speaking of like just how how not boring I am, or or how maybe like something I do is kind of cool, even though I don't think it is. My uh, my kids were asking about guitar songs and like what's hard, so I made them listen to Cliffs of Dover, which we've discussed on the show. I think is we one did of the, last week. Yeah. One of the more more difficult guitar songs, and they're like, "This doesn't sound that bad." It's it's what it's like you like you play, Dad. Okay, thanks. Tight. So the kids know. Not. The kids know. Yeah. But it is. Uh, it just goes to show that if somebody's not familiar, it's like you know when you're watching a, a clip of some guy playing like three punk chords, and like the 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 comments are, "Whoa, he's like totally shredding." I I just shrug to Brian, right? Like, it's, yeah, he's just making a face it, right now, a stank face. He's yeah, invalidating like, other guitarists. It's very interesting his snobbery. Yeah, <laughs> I am not a very good guitarist though, so let's just keep it at that. Let's talk about the main topic though of this episode, and it's something that, firstly, like I want to talk about how disrespectful it is, and uh, yeah, and sad as like as like an opening sentence. This is super disrespectful. But someone uh, on Reddit has unearthed old video footage of what appears to be uh, Malaysia Flight uh, Three Seventy, Malaysia Airlines Flight Three Seventy, right, which uh, disappeared uh, March twenty fourteen, and about how there are three. Perhaps alien orbs chasing it, and I just like once again I want to reiterate how stupid and disrespectful it is to all of the the lives lost, and so I don't understand why people are dredging um, this up now. But it has hit uh, kind of like fever pitch over on the UFO subreddit, as well as on UFO Twitter, as well as on UFO social media in in general, right? So the original video was posted in May 2014 on someone entitled Regicide Anon's YouTube channel. So someone found the um, the archive.org link to, to that original YouTube video, which still works. You click on it, you can watch it. And then <sighs> it got posted on the UFO subreddits um, about like, so we're recording here on Sunday, August 20th. So about two weeks ago, let's say. It's something I've come across several times already just going on Reddit because, because the show we're in, we're in the paranormal uh, uh, subreddits yep. and the UFO one. And it's, it's been on my front page a lot, and I've been trying to understand what people are seeing in this because it either looks really fake or just dumb. So there's a couple of things to consider, right? So it's a three-minute video. It's infrared, right? So firstly, like, where is the video coming from is my big thing. Like, who's shooting this particular video? Yeah, because they're in the sky. Yeah. And uh, I saw someone try to explain that there were military exercises going on, quote-unquote, in the area, but it didn't seem like it was in the area. This seemed very close to the plane. Um, and once again, like, this is like nine years out right the tech was a little bit different um too and so like that's kind of bothersome to think that like people wholeheartedly and and without reservation are like yes this is real it's just it's very strange to me to want to believe this and once again like um people start going down the rabbit hole of trying to say like this is all tied into like disclosure blah 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 and spoiler alert it's not it's not in the least no because it's 
it's just rehashing something. And it, the flight crashing has not been explained yet. There's a lot of theories floating around, a lot of anger there too from people because the Malaysian government really didn't do a very good job of handling this. No, they didn't. And so like I don't want to get into conspiracy theories. I don't want to get suggesting things. But the most interesting part of what actually may have happened is um, – human related and what i mean by that is crew related yeah because a lot of people think the pilot it was pilot error yeah and there did you watch the documentary on netflix about this i have not but i've watched other documentaries about about this right talking about how the pilot had this elaborate sim setup and how he was actually a terrorist and was trying to there was all kinds of crazy things and it's that is really disrespectful towards the pilot because we don't know what happened. Apparently he was a decent human being. He wasn't somebody who was aiming to hurt people, but who knows? We we weren't there. Yeah. That's the thing is that like, so um, the only concrete evidence that I understand is so like the captain, captain Zahari Ahmed Shah um, did indeed. So basically New York magazine 2016 got this confidential document from the Malaysian police um showing that the FBI was able to put together an analysis of his computer hard drive at home and found the route that he, um, that the plane was flying off course that closely matched the projected flight that he was, he was doing. Right. So that's kind of okay. not necessarily a smoking gun, but an interesting directional way of thinking about responsibility, I think. Right. And once again, I'm just alleging these things. I'm not stating this as a fact. I think it's impossible to know what happened out there until we find the black box and even then we don't know right um and debris has washed up conclusively proving that it ended up somewhere in the ocean yeah and it's the the documentary i did watch i think it was three episodes it was the typical netflix documentary i was gonna say there's kind of a pattern of these netflix documentaries kind of being very mid would you agree with that there are very few of them that stand out to me as incredible documentaries you have to watch that i think you know the true crime ones especially like the only one that i can think about is don't f with cats the luca magnato one i think was that was interesting one of the few ones that was done in depth and interestingly um the one about the hotel with the elisa lamb the girl yeah Yeah, that one one. yeah that one was a like even the reboot of unsolved mysteries like a lot of that stuff is just that was awful sorry that was really hard to watch So there's certain things that are good on Netflix. A lot of the food ones are actually pretty good. So there's there's a few things, but oh, I, Wild Wild Country about the Baguan was good too. Yeah, that was okay. It's I find it hard to watch sometimes. The Netflix ones are are not my favorite documentaries to watch, but it's something. Sometimes you know you're you know you're in the mood for documentary. Like it it doesn't come close to some of the stuff HBO's done. Like with the QAnon and all yeah. that, right? There's a new one on there called Telemarketers that I'm super excited I'm to I'm going watch. to start watching it. And our friend Danny McBride is... Uh, is, is, is producing it, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm very excited. call him our friend, right? Yeah, of course. We've friend of the show. The yeah, show. distant cousin yeah. of the show. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so okay. So essentially, coming back to MH370. So this has broken like... Uh, I'd say like containment almost because now this video is kind of in the ether in the Zetgeist of the moment, right? And uh, after... 10, 12 days of this, so more recently than this weekend, so some people have noticed that the VFX of these orbs match up to um, something like an an older VFX program, from what I understand. Yeah, and it seems to have been created by Peter Curran, who's 
very well known. He's 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 won Oscars. He was part of Star Wars, things like that. And another interesting thing about him is that he's gone from doing those types of effects in movies to creating documentaries about nuclear tech. Yeah, I'd love to know what his thoughts are because I, I don't think it's been publicly like reported at all, right? Yeah, and you know they kind of held it up as a smoking gun about him working for the Department of Defense, but how many of these VFX places work for the, the Department of Defense just to make commercials for people to join the military? Yeah, exactly. Listen, this guy works on Norbit, your favorite Eddie Murphy movie, right? So how could that was you... a good one, right? That's where he plays all different characters. I can't remember. <laughs> yes, well, actually, he plays, yeah, he plays. He plays. Uh... He also did visual effects for Delta Force, which, of course, is the uh, Larry the Cable Guy comedy, like his big swing in comedy. Um, I watched half of it one time, and I truly, truly, truly regret um, spending that time doing that. No, you should have watched the net. He should, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so I find it very interesting that, like, this seems to, like, perhaps be, like, a proof of concept or something video that kind of ended up online somewhere. And so... Um, this person's Twitter slash X profile still exists, and you can see in time they tweeted out a bunch of the videos. They follow 17 different people on here, seven diff- 17 different accounts, and they're all like UFO disclosure um, uh, people. It's people that become obsessed with one specific thing, and it takes over their lives. I'm just very curious to know how this ended up on YouTube, who uploaded it, et cetera, et cetera. Like, was it a manager of a production team who had the hand in, in doing all this? Because um, to me, like, it's obviously... VFX, like I do not believe in any shape or form that this is a legitimate video of things that so we this is this is obviously somebody trying and did it it probably was just done like that, nothing to do with the uh m h three seventy yeah exactly. right it was it was just a video of maybe they were working on a movie where a plane gets disappeared by aliens, right some it could have been a deleted scene from signs yeah. Yeah, there's a video out there on uh, John Tenney's X slash Twitter profile where he watches a minute of the video and then just says the word dumb. And I was like, that is the that is to me the conclusive um, uh, piece of media surrounding this. I did enjoy one of the comments in one of the threads, though. I'm going to read it to you, right? So someone was saying, Please. hey, this is fake. Pretty sure this is fake. Here's why. So one of the comments says, it proves the aliens have been watching our free CD-ROMs for decades. And this is their way of letting us know how much they enjoyed them. What could space be? What could it be made of? What the heck is all those lights out there? Is this just a black curtain with holes in it? I don't know. I'm trying to find out. Double density. I have a question for you. And why do you think this has gained so much traction? Okay, so I think with the DOD, with kind of like we've talked about, like the established UFO, UAP base, right? That's all been riled up. The DOD stuff came and went in July. The fan base is still rabbit. They're looking for something new to hook themselves onto. This is a newish phenomenon that's also old, right? So I feel like it just it hit in the right way and also enough of the right words were being used in describing it that it gained interest and a following online because of that. Okay, so and it just kind of spiraled out of control because people latched onto it. I feel like we're at a point where UFOs are becoming, or UAPs, are becoming so mainstream that any little thing that pops up, people will latch onto it and spin it out of control. 
Yeah, I agree that there is. I think there's just a, a, a hunger for this kind of content, right? To prove. And this is something new. Yeah. It's also. Something old yeah. to become something I was going to say, that is also like ironically pretty old, like nine years old at this point, right? Well, that's it. It's, but it's something that was overlooked because right. UFOs weren't in the mainstream. And now people want disclosure. Yeah. Even though we've been talking about disclosure for like people in our, of our ilk. Who have been on the internet? There are several eras of disclosure being talked about, right? At this point, like, yeah, it's like the son of disclosure, almost, and it's still the same people. Yeah, of course, it's still, it's still the, the same, same people. Steve. Yeah, it's still the same Steve. It's still the same George Knapp. It's still the same gang of 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 like minded people who are interested in protecting and uh, curating the story of disclosure and of of UFO evidence. Like, I remember, like, like people have come up to me in the last month and say, "Hey, like, I heard we got you. Their aliens are real." I'm like. And I have to explain, like, no, technically, like, listen, like, there's someone on record saying they exist, but there's no actual, ten, like, proof that you can touch and feel and see in here that conclusively provides an idea that the U.S. government, one, knows about these things, and then, two, that they're ready to share, right? So until I see that, like, you and I have talked about our belief threshold being, like, pretty high, right? And I think that For is For this? Truth. Very. Yeah, exactly. So I, will, I, I need that proof on it, right? And, and videos like this, I think, do a real, a real big disservice to do that kind of thing because of the fact that, like... It's clearly conclusively, if you look at the evidence that the people have put out there in terms of like comparing it to the VFX models that you could get on older programs, it's like a one-to-one pretty much in terms of, of um, how they look and how they, they move and things like that too, right? So I think unfortunately this sets the cause back, but people feel like they want to trumpet every single piece of evidence as factual, as real in order to bolster the claims that are going on in the popular parlance of talking about UAPs in the UAP space. Yeah, and these people that approach you, do you reply with, have I got 239 episodes for you of something? No, see, they will tell me, I know that you know this stuff, so explain it to me. Okay. It's more so where they're coming from. They know that I'm knowledgeable about these subjects, so they tell me, explain, right? So, And then you just reply with one word. Uh, I just say no. <laughs> no, thank you. Exactly. I'm moving away from this, right? So. I, uh, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of mad. I'm kind of mad that this is happening. I'm kind of mad that everyone is jumping to the conclusion this is uh, a conclusion. You know, it's not an open shut case. It's, it's it's been shut from the start. Don't even start with me. Yeah, it's frustrating because it it is such garbage. Yeah. Only the people that really want to believe in anything will think that this is real. This is the kind of video, and I, I'm pretty confident saying this, but this is the kind of video that uh, Linda Moulton and Howe would fall for. Yeah, she falls for anything. She right? falls for like, a lot of videos, my friend. Like it just it's been crazy the number of times that I've seen over the last like fifteen years, especially, right? That she's fallen for videos. Like there's this uh I I, I want to say it's like 2008. There's this video from Haiti that she definitely fell for that was clearly UFOs flying over was it the UFOs flying over Haiti? Uh, there was one of those, and then there's one other South American one that were clearly like really bad CGI that she was like, no, yeah. but these are real. And so it was just a, it was a very frustrating kind of situation to watch someone um, just double down on what was clearly um, a, a falsehood. And I know that you're Googling this right now, so I'm just going to let you yeah, I'm do just, that while I'm, I'm vamping serious. about all the things. So I don't know. I'm kind of interested in hearing everyone else's thoughts. Yeah, about it's this, this one. It's, it's, uh, it's Captain Disillusion showing it, actually. I'm, I'm just going to add it to the show notes so that uh, we can maybe add it and say this is uh, the video we're, we were uh, referring to. Lastly, before I forget, Angela, you want to bring up the fact that you and your lineage may have had a hand in investigating MH370 originally. It's so dumb. 
I came across an old uh, rotor. How do you say that? Reuters? 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 Reuters. Reuters. I came across an old Reuters article about this, and the quote, uh, independent investigator, retired legal investigator John Fiorentino, whose early challenges to report the sightings of the wreckage in the Indian Ocean were taken up by a family, family's group Voice 370. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, apparently some guy with a similar, not similar, same last name as me, was working on this. Surprise, now we know all of that. Angelo, before I forget, I wanted to propose something to you, and I want you to think about this. I want to do a double-density outing, my friend. I want you to come over. I'm going to take you to the mythical land of Ville Saint Laurent, which is a separate pier Montreal. And I want to take you to the E-Museum, my friend. I'm looking at this website, and it's, this is advanced stuff here. <laughs> It is it is incredible, my friend. So uh, have you? Is this real? Yes. Like, it is is real. it still open? It still is. I double checked. So it is a also like a functional computer store that has a quote unquote museum component to it. Wow, it's just weird that it like because it says copyright twenty twenty two. Oh yeah, it's legitimate, even though it's but, a it's like, a web one is, is now is that on purpose? I don't know, and that's one of the things I want to find out. So I feel like we could go out there. Is that cheeky? And then I mean, we, could, we could have a meal and then come back and record a quick episode about this. Is it? Yeah, because to me it feels like I think that's on purpose to make it look I would like love that. to know. I would love to know. I've only, I've only dipped my toe into this website a little bit. Um, I'm very excited to learn more about this. I, I feel, though, a bit that if we go there, we may never leave. Like we get trapped in talking about it? Yes, I feel like that's it's... Fine. A, a saw type situation. That's fine. I think Angelo. I think you deserve to come to the island, the mystical island of Montreal, as you call it, and uh, let us go explore this thing. Hopefully, we don't have to do puzzles to get out of there. <laughs> I would love the idea of of like a, a computer minotaur just taunting us. Yeah, escape room. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's that would be the best setup for an escape room. Actually, that's a really good idea of a a fake computer museum on a mostly French website. Um, doing that. that I love that. There, there's got to be something out there where. You will like the facade of it is not at all what the actual intent of it is. Sort of like the game. Remember that? Uh, well, yeah, of course. Michael Douglas movie, yeah. the game. I right? own it Where, on like, Criterion. So, so yeah. So for somebody with, you know, you invite them for their birthday thing, and it, it turns out it's like supposed to be an escape room, but it ends up making them think they're in a murder. Perfect. I think that's something that we could do. Except it's just a really boring um, computer museum with perhaps an axe murderer. Who knows? Maybe. I feel like this is a good place to end episode 239 of the Double Dynasty Podcast. Angela, what do you think? I think it's great. Once again, where can people find us? Tell me all about that. Also, if you'd love to leave a review on your podcasting app of choice, I see them trickling in slowly but surely. So thank you to everyone who's leaving us uh, at least a rating. I very much appreciate it. Yeah, that. it really helps us out. He's crying right now. Angela wants more, <laughs> more reviews. Yeah, no, that was very apropos. Now he's there's single tear. He is crying. This is super sad. People can find us at www dot double density dot net the net i think i will go watch that now i will not watch fast and furious six but i will watch the net instead <laughs> it's a good trade-off it better be good brian because otherwise i will blame you i, I don't remember that i think i saw it all i remember is something about their crt monitors yeah, it's so bad it's gonna get ready get ready for it is it as good as commando no probably not no I can definitely tell you that it's not a good command. <laughs> um, with that being said, though, this has been it for episode 239 of the Double Density Podcast. Tune in next week as Angela and I decide to dive deeper into this random 
Museum's website because, Angelo, there is a Bill Gates section, and I'm very interested to learn all about this guy that I've only heard about once in my life. And I will see you on the internet, my friend. Sorry, the net. I heard if you send them five emails, something special will happen. We should do a Victims of Chainmail special later down the line. Um, That is something we should look into. But anyways, that's it. See you then. Bye.